Welcome to Body Sculpt of New York, Six Weeks to Fitness podcast, where we hope to inform, motivate, encourage, and inspire you towards living a healthier lifestyle. And now, here's your host, the president of Body Sculpt of New York, Vince Ferguson. Hi, I'm Vince Ferguson. Welcome to Six Weeks to Fitness, episode 130. Thank you so much for tuning in. As most of you know from listening to my podcast, I usually interview uh, fitness and nutrition experts, athletes, and celebrities to discuss the importance for living a healthy lifestyle. But in addition to physical health, we must also work on our emotional, mental, and spiritual health. And what better way in which to do this than with music? So when I was in public school, I learned to play the clarinet, and when I was in the military overseas, I took, up, I took the time to learn how to play the flute. And so when I heard about the book my guest wrote called The Stringy Situation, I had to have her on my show. Dr. Dora Gray is an author and former New York City elementary and middle school teacher with a passion for the arts. Along with teaching academics and music appreciation for grades K through 8 in both the public and private sectors, she was charged with initiating and conducting an after-school violin program. Dora holds the conviction that music education is essential to enhance the academic ability of children. Dora performs music and poetry throughout New York City and is endorsed by Abiyadun Oyerole, founder of The Last Poets. She is currently a staff writer for a major city agency. Dora and her husband, Baba Wesley, who is a very good friend of mine, live in Brooklyn, where both are interfaith ministers and practitioners of holistic healing arts. Here today on my Six Weeks of Fitness podcast to discuss her new book, A Stringy Situation, is Dr. Dora Gray. Dora, how are you? I'm fantastic, Vincent. It's such a pleasure to be here with you on your show. The pleasure is all mine. Before we dig into your book, tell my listeners, where did you grow up and what was your childhood like? So, Vincent, I grew up right here in Brooklyn, New York. I'm a native New Yorker. Now, my child, my childhood was interesting. I, well, my, both of my parents have passed away now and, um, My late parents had quite a bit of influence on my life as far as music. My dad was a musician, and from my understanding from my mom, because his, his narrative I learned from my mom, my mom told me, that my dad used to be a musician on a riverboat. Mm, wow. And I, I find that interesting. Yes. So I don't have a lot of details about it. I wish I knew more about that, nar- about that narrative. But that's about all that I know. Now, my, my dad influenced me with music in as much as he taught me when I was about four years old how to play the violin. Wow, nice. The way that came about was I have an older brother who, when he went to elementary school, he was part of the school music program. Like back then, um, I know things have changed quite a bit now, Vincent, but at that time, um, when you went to public school, public elementary school, more than likely you were put into one of the music classes. 
So my brother came home one day with a violin. And being baby's sister, I wanted to do everything that he wanted to do. So I started crying, I want one too. I didn't even know what it was, okay? I was like four years old, <laughs> and I didn't even know what it was. But I saw him playing it, and I was fascinated, and I wanted one too. And um, shortly after that, my father came home one day from work, and he brought me a violin. And that's how the journey started. So he started, my brother and I, learning music theory at an early age. And now that's awesome. So that's where your appreciation for music came from. And there's more. Both of my parents were ministers. My mom played the piano, and we had like a home-based ministry. And my mom played the piano in the church. So I wanted to learn piano, of course, because I wanted to do what mom did. And she, she brought a chart that she taped across the piano, and it was a keyboard chart that had the notes and whatnot, and that's how I learned how to play piano. Wow, really? <laughs> awesome. So you, come, so you come from a musical family. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. So let's talk about your book, A Strangy Situation. Now, I read it twice, and each time I could feel the characters come to life, which is amazing to me. Really, really touched my heart by reading that book. But where did the idea to write a book on this subject matter come from? Vincent, I'm so glad you asked that question, and I'm so glad that the characters came to life for you, because if they came to life for you, I know that they're coming to life for others who are reading it, especially the children. A Stringy Situation was actually written as part of a thesis that I wrote for my master's degree from Cambridge College. And that thesis was intended to prove how children who study music in any, any form, not a particular instrument, or but just music in general. When children have a musical background where they learn music theory, it contributes dramatically to their educational pursuits. And there are several studies that were done that prove that children who play an instrument excel in their other academic uh, the other academic subjects. Wow, excellent, excellent. Now that's more of a reason for parents to kind of involve their children in music, right? Absolutely. I, and I, I can attest to that because I know when I was learning uh, subjects like fractions or history or, or just reading in general, um, music helped me. There are several, actually several books on the market that go into it in depth, so anyone that's interested can just Google music and children's uh, learning ability. And if you Google it, there's like a, a litany of um, a litany of websites and information that will come up on that. So I actually wrote the book in 2000, like 2002, 2003, around the time that I was getting my master's in education. And uh, since then, I keep seeing more and more information coming out on the subject. And this is even more relevant, even more needed today, wouldn't you say? You know, without getting political, music can help children in so many ways. 
There are studies that show how it assists with trauma, and I don't really want to get into the detail of that, and you know where we could head with that. But, yes. <laughs> but I don't want to really get into that. But definitely can help with trauma. Music calms you down. Uh, I'll tell you, you know, I, I would like to say that music actually saved my life in many ways growing up. Um, when, when classmates and friends might have been getting involved in the drug scene or getting involved in, in sex and they shouldn't have because, you know, they, they weren't 18 years old yet or whatever. No, I was always home playing my, playing my instruments, playing my violin and my, I play several instruments. I play violin, guitar, piano. I play most of the strings. So I was home involved in my instrument. And so that saved my life from so many other things that I could have become involved in that my friends were involved in. That's awesome. That's, a, that's one of the best reasons to, get to, to involve your child in a musical program. And it's unfortunate that they have so many budget cuts now when it comes to the arts. It really it does say a lot about society today. It really shows what the society values and does not value because I'm, I'm heartbroken that so many music programs were cut from the schools. I used to teach a music program, a performing arts or a music program. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's heartbroken. But parents can advocate, they can advocate to have those programs put back into the schools. I'm hoping that my book might be a catalyst for that. Yes, 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 most definitely. And I see how a stringy situation comes into play, too, because you play string instruments. <laughs> amazing, yes. amazing. So I'm excited about it. I read the book twice, but I want my listeners to know a little bit more about it. So please tell my listeners what the book is about. So the book is a fantasy tale about a violin, and without revealing the complete yes. book, because I'd like to come to a book signing just for that, but uh, without revealing all the complete details, it's a violin who was separated from his parents at birth, and the trials and tribulations, the journey, the courage that this um, instrument had in an attempt to find his parents. And it, it, it's a heartwarming tale. It can bring up emotions. And what, what I intentionally did was I infused it with high-level vocabulary words because I believe that learning for children, as well as adults, but we're focusing on the children today, um, learning should be both educational as well as entertaining, which is why I chose the genre of a fantasy tale to relay this information. The vocabulary words are challenging for both children and adults, and I did that intentionally because we should, as adults, have high-level conversations with our children. I also believe, Vincent, that in our community, and I am an African-American woman, just, you know, the listeners don't know what I look like, so I'm African-American, and I believe that we collectively should hold our children to the highest standards possible. As an educator, I can bear testimony to the fact that our children are so brilliant that whatever task you put them to, they're fit to the task. But unfortunately, the stigma is out 
that might say the contrary to that. But I have given the children in my classrooms high-level work to do, and they were able to do it with flying colors, regardless of the grade that I taught. I always taught to higher grade levels than the grade level that I was assigned to. Awesome. And, and that's how we can oh, Most definitely. And you're actually making sure these kids get inspired by these characters in the book. It's amazing, you know? And you're right. It's very, it was very heartfelt, heart, very heartwarming. Uh, I read it again twice, and each time it just spoke to me in so many different ways. And you have a, a, one of the main characters, the violin. His name is Vinny, correct? Yes. And believe it or not, some of my friends and family members call me Vinny because that's my name. So when I read the book, I it immediately won me over. I fell in love with the character. And I believe so many other kids will, and adults as well, fall in love with the characters and with this book. Now tell me, what effect would you like your book to have among young people? Now, there are so many, such a great question, Vincent. There are so many effects that I would like this book to give to children because it's not just about music and, and it's not just about emotions. It's about health as well. When you started your show, you talked about the health aspect of your business and uh, emotional health is something that can easily be pushed to the sidelines, but yet it's so important. Everyone is so busy, sometimes they don't take the time to maybe have that conversation to find out what's going on with a child internally. So true. So one of the aspects of the book, the story might be a fantasy story, but any child that needs inspiration can find inspiration through the character Vinny in the book. A child that might have been separated from, from their parents for any reason, maybe their parent passed away at an early age. My dad passed away at an early age, right? So that, um, that brings with it a whole new set of issues that the child has to deal with. And it can take its toll on a child's emotions. Because you have, to, you have to continue going on, you have to live, but you have this hole in your heart that you have to deal with. And how do you deal with it? And what type of support is available? And some, sometimes our children don't receive the support that they need. So if you can get inspiration and support from reading a book that you enjoy, I call them Lenny. The academics, Vincent, speaks for themselves. Yes, it does. Now, the inspiration is to in inspire children to pick up an instrument, experiment with instruments. You don't, have to, you don't have to play the violin. The book is about a violin. There are other instruments in the book as well. But perhaps, perhaps there's, another, there's another venue. There's another venue for your creativity. It might be performing arts. You might like stage and screen. It doesn't matter what it is. Fine arts. You might be an artist. So it doesn't matter. But my hope is that this book will say to children, hmm, I can do something in my life that not only do I love, but it's helped me create a career for myself. It's helped me with just self-support at times where there might not be a person in real time to talk to. 
I can get into my craft. I can get into my music or my drawing or my photography or whatever it is, and I can find solace in that until I can um, deal with someone else in real time. There are so many ways. There are so many things that the book speaks to that is my hope that can help uplift our children, enable them to move even further than they're moving, allow them to recognize and internalize the genius that exists within their DNA. Well said, very well said. What age groups are you targeting with the, with the book? So the book is designed for ages seven and up to be able to read it independently. But as far as the storyline, you know, you could have a four or five year old just have just have an adult or, you know, a sibling, an older sibling read it to them because they might not be able to to understand all of the words at you know, at a very early age, but they would still love the storyline. Oh, most definitely. Yes, yes. Now I know we skirted on this earlier we, we talked about reading and speaking engagements but you're definitely planning on doing some readings and speaking engagements to promote the book any dates coming up anytime soon I don't have any specific dates we're working on some deals um, as you know my, my, my husband Wesley is um, managing yes. this project and um, we're working on things such as readings at the library at various libraries, but there's a library in our community that we're working on that. I will be participating in a podcast that the Brooklyn Public Library is doing on August 21st. I don't have the specific details for that, but they are going to interview me around the book. Um, I've, done, I've done book readings at a private school called the Trey Whitfield School located in Brooklyn. I've, I've already done that, and the children, um, they, they received it. They loved it. Nice. I'm very familiar with that school. I know the owner, as a matter of fact. You know Mr. Whitfield? I met him through a mutual friend, and um, I, my organization did some work over there as well. But, yeah, awesome school. Amazing. It is, and I used yeah, I'll tell you a secret. It's not much of a secret because everyone will know once you air this, but um, I used to be one of his teachers years ago. Really? Yes. yes. Wow, yes. very yes. strict. <laughs> very good. That's amazing. Where can my listeners um, order the book? So you can order the book at Amazon.com as well as BarnesandNoble.com as well as our website, graypublishers.com. Graypublishers.com. That's, your personal, that's your, per, your personal website. Yes, that's our personal website. My husband and I started a publishing company because we plan. A Stringy Situation was our debut, but there are several books. I've, I've written several other books that... At this point, we're going to one by one begin publishing them. Um, I'm not going to tell too much about them, but look out for adult empowerment books. Okay, great. And I also wrote a poetry book, which was endorsed by Abby Adun Oyuoli from The Last Poets, and that should be coming out soon. And I'm I'm actually thinking of using the format of an audio book because I find that with poetry 
Uh, I have a lot of friends who are poets, and there's a different uh, impact when you actually hear the poem live as opposed to reading it yourself. So yes, you know, I would have a hardcover, but my intention is to really uh, focus on an audio, audio book of the poetry. Yeah, that's, that's a good idea, really. This way, people, wherever they are, wherever they're traveling, they can listen in, you know? And there's nothing like hearing the actual author's voice. Do you have anything else you'd like to share with my listeners? Well, I'm actually thinking about, well, first of all, I, you know, thank you so much for, for having me on your show. And uh, something that I'd like to mention is that, well, there's a couple of things. At future readings, at book readings, I actually plan to play the violin. Oh, really? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's nice. I didn't know that. That's awesome. That's a great idea. I, uh, yeah, play the violin, and I, I might bring the guitar as well, but since the book is about the main character who's a violin, I'm going to play the violin, and that way the children in the audience can actually see it in action, and they can ask questions about it, and, you know, we can get into a dialogue about it. Yes, that. and let me know, because hopefully I can actually promote it through my organization newsletter, other ways to let people know this is going on. You know, we want to help you uh, get the word out about the book and about what you're doing. This is so important because it's about our youth, okay? This is what it's all about. Anything we can do for the children, our future, we must do. We must do. There's no other option. We have to do it, you know? So definitely keep me abreast of what you're doing so I can utilize any resources that I have to also help you get the word out, okay? I appreciate that, and I intend to do that. And, you know, everyone, and I just want the listeners to know that you can periodically go to our website, graypublishers.com, for updates and schedules of events of readings and anything else that we're doing, upcoming books. I also wanted to, um, I also just wanted to mention, I wanted to talk a bit about our collaboration, because I really appreciate it. When I came to an event that you did a few years back at Boys and Girls High School, and I see how you got large numbers of children together doing something positive, and they were enjoying themselves. You know, the adults enjoyed themselves, too. I mean, I loved it, but I just really loved that event. And, you know, just collaborating with you regarding the children, our children, and, and that, to me, that's just, that's just amazing. Oh, and, so, and so I thought of you with, you know, as far as um, the interview today and with my book, because these collaborations, they're so important and they hold a lot of weight in our community. You're so right. You, you're so right. It's all about networking, you know, pulling our resources together. And I'm a strong and a firm believer in that. And uh, I can't tell you enough how much I believe. So we definitely should work together. And we will because I feel that energy. And, and it's time to really come together. And there's nothing, there isn't anything we can't do if we come together and work, to work together towards a common goal. And physical fitness, the arts, they're all tied in. It's about uplifting our children, our youth. And that's what they, that's what uh, these the arts and physical fitness will do. I'm a firm believer in that, Dr. Dora Gray. 
<laughs> so are you on social media at all? Oh, yes. I'm on Facebook. My Facebook page, I actually have two Facebook pages. I, I have Dora Gray, Ph.D., which is my personal page. And, you know, you're welcome to, to send me a friend request and I'll accept it. And I have a business page, Dr. Dora Gray. And my business page, I talk mostly about empowerment. That's the page that I'm using to promote my life coaching. I'm a life coach, and my focus, and it's so, um, you know, again, everything is so connected. My focus in coaching is empowerment and health. And the reason I talk about health and I'm coaching health, I, I consider myself an expert in that area because I successfully reversed diabetes. I almost died in 2009. Really? From diabetes, I didn't know. I didn't know I had it. Yes, <laughs> and I almost died. Vincent. Wow. They rushed me to the hospital. My numbers had escalated. I was in what they call diabetic coma. Yes, um, you know, and I was almost gone. And I was determined that this was not going to beat me. And I was determined that I was going to be one of the people that did not have to have a life sentence of using insulin and these other things. That's not for me, Vincent. Yeah, I hear you. So, I hear you. Yes. Whoa. So what I did was I started, you know, my, my husband and I, because we do a lot of health research, and uh, we started finding out everything we could about diabetes, what caused it, because it was a type 2 adult onset diabetes that I was diagnosed with. And the different causes of it, and there are so many people that have beat this disease, including myself, and I got off of the insulin for a long period of time, then I got back on it again for a short stint, and that was my fault because I, as they would say, fell off the wagon, started eating all kinds of things that I had no business eating because I was like, yes, I'm cured, and then I find out, well, no, your, your um, diet and nutrition and exercise has to be a lifestyle change. And you can beat not only diabetes, but cancer and other high blood pressure, cholesterol, those types of things that we get as adults can be reversed. And, and I just, you know, I talk about it all the time. The people at my job know all about it. But any chance I get... I talk about reversing diabetes or whatever medical condition you may have. So that's, you know, so there's a lot going on with me and there's a lot that I do and it comes forth in my writing. Wow. This is a great way to end the show because my show is all about health and fitness. So this is excellent, very much so. And, and I should have you back on just to talk about that, okay, because there's so many people that are suffering with uh, type 2 diabetes and they need to know how you reversed it because it can be reversed and a lot of people unfortunately don't know this okay they don't know it or they don't want to follow the um, the program so having someone on who's done it would be something I would like to do to explore in the future okay I, I would love to come on and talk about diabetes and health you know we're, it's part of um, it's part of I don't want to call it a trick but you know, it, that is political in itself because, as you know, the um, insulin and 
you know, just prescription medication in general is a trillion-dollar industry, and people that benefit from that industry don't want to lose out. So we're made to believe, we're, you know, the doctor will tell you you will be using this medicine the rest of your life, and they're shocked when you go back and say, but my numbers went down. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. And they don't want to believe it. Goodness, we actually, that's, a, that's another topic for another day, but you're so right. And we have to link that, we have to link it to the children, because I believe the statistics are saying that by the year 2025 or something like that, that, you know, approximately one-third of the children who never had diabetes will develop it. Exactly. Yes. And that's why I do the work that I do. And I feel more compelled now to stop, to step out and make a stand and talk about the importance of our children's health. So I'm right there with you. So we definitely have a lot in common and we're definitely going to work together. I definitely appreciate you being on this show. I will say that. And let me just say, Dr. Dr. Gray, Dr. Dora Gray, that on behalf of Body Scope of New York and Six Weeks of Fitness, I want to truly and officially thank you for coming on my show. Oh, you're so welcome. You know, I'm grateful. I'm thrilled to be here. And anything that I can do, you know, alongside of you with your venture, you have my information, you have my your friends, my husband, call on us, we'll be there. Oh, thank you so much. And to my listeners, I truly hope this program was informative, encouraging, and inspiring and that you will continue tuning in to our Six Weeks of Fitness podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for the show, please leave them on my Six Weeks of Fitness blog at www.sixweeksoffitness.com or email me at vince at sixweeks.com. Take care. Bye-bye.